In a world filled with questions, there's one role that often leaves us searching for the right words, parenting. Introducing What to Say When, a podcast that equips parents with tools to navigate the beautiful and challenging journey of raising children. Together, we'll explore a wide range of topics from handling tough conversations to nurturing resilience to helping you become a confident and compassionate parent. What to say when. Because the right words can make all the difference. All right, so here we are. It's What to Say When, a podcast where we get to have conversations about how we pass faith on to the next generation and how in the world we're supposed to respond when kids ask tough questions or when the world presents difficult situations or when our own theology says, hey, lean into this a little bit more, which Mm -hmm. is kind of the conversation that we're going to have today about prayer. As always, I'm joined by Chase Baker and Jen Akers, who are both amazing. And my name is Nick Allen. How are you guys doing? Great. You good? Yeah. I'm happy to be here. Just kind of good. Kind of good. Kind of good? Yeah. It's yeah. yeah, that's we all land there sometimes yeah. for sure. We are really busy in our house right now. 100%. There's all the things have kicked back up and so our kids have something almost every night of the week cuz there's three of them and they all have different things that they want to do. Even if you only let your kids do one activity each. It's still, feel, it's still a lot of stuff. Because you got, you got oh, yeah. church, you got community group, you got all the stuff and so it's really busy right now and I was just thinking like it is hard to find moments for for me to have by myself. Uh-huh. I don't really have a lot of those moments. And I was thinking today, I am a night, I'm a night owl. That's when I find my yeah, time by myself. Like I just, I do. I don't, we see the timestamp on your emails. I send <laughs> emails at 1am and yeah. it's totally normal for me. And I, and I was thinking like, what, how do your families operate? How do you guys operate? Are you morning people? Are you night people? What oh, about your spouses? What about your kids? How does that work in y'all's houses? Um, I, I'm a morning person yeah, I mean, I like getting up, get early, up early, accomplishing a lot of things, yeah, diving in deep really quickly. That means a lot of things to a lot of different people. It's fluctuated typically between five and five thirty yeah, every day. So um, early, a little bit me. earlier on Sundays. And but as far as a night owl, I feel like I used to be more of a night owl. Like even operating early in the morning, I could still stay up late at night. That has changed with age. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You just yes, gotta go same. to bed. At 33, I'm really going to bed earlier these days. Yeah, I mean, so. 33. <laughs> when, when nine o'clock hits, my eyes are just, it's so hard to keep my eyes nine open. Nine o'clock. Yes. And then, you know, if you're watching a show, I immediately fall asleep. It's like, it's a given. Once if I'm in a comfortable I'm seat, I'm out. Yeah. What's bedtime well, I, for you? Uh, between nine? 10 and 10.30. Oh, no. Okay, you're later. Oh, man. Nine I'm o'clock. Kids are older and they stay up later. That becomes, you guys will see that it's when your kids dynamic, get like, into high school and like, oh, they're going to. They're going to stay up later. And so you feel like you've got to stay up later in order to have any right. time with your spouse. Yeah. Well, I don't, I mean, we get in bed at nine. I, we read and stuff like that. So I don't get in bed to probably, I don't actually go to sleep until about 10. But I thought I was a, I'm still trying to figure it out in this stage of life because I like to think I'm a morning person. But in the stage where we are, when you, your kids wake up mm-hmm. and throughout the, throughout the night, yeah. you feel like a zombie in the morning a little yeah. bit. And then it takes you a while to get. So I like to think that I'm a mor- morning person, but. I th- yeah I am I, I feel more like no- at more my morning prime, than I feel like, yes I mean, yeah. if, I'm, if I'm fresh in the morning. I'm morning person but I do um I, I do find it hard to stay up at yeah. night well I feel like I need to give a hurrah to the morning people out there because that is not me at it's all. not Susan either we're opposite in that respect Are you? as well oh yeah for sure so you're ready to go to bed she she's like come on the party's in. just starting yeah when do you wind down I mean when does uh, you and Keith we're and we're both night people, but we, we wind down 
around 11 or 12 usually, but sometimes later if I have stuff to do. Wow. I know, but I feel like it's funny to think about everyone's different rhythms and and everything, but I kind of want to give an affirmation to the people listening right now because they found a moment. Like they they decided this was important enough, whether they're driving in the car, whether they're doing the dishes right now, or they're a night owl like me or a morning person like y'all and up early and have got their earbuds in. They're taking the time to listen and say, I want to pour into my kids. I want to listen to what the Lord has for me today. And I just love that. I love starting off with that this morning. Well, if they're like me, they're listening to this podcast on one and a half times speed. So to get through it. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And this is actually a really good segue Uh, into the topic for today, because the idea of prayer leads itself into rhythms as much as, if not more than anything else, Uh Um, what we do in the morning to start the day and then what we do in the evening to close the day and then how we punctuate the rest of the day ought to have some kind of connection point with God. It it should, and we know that it should, but yet we often find difficulty in it. Chase, you found this quote and and I typed it in or wrote it down, but just want to make sure that we acknowledged it. When it comes to prayer, we are all beginners. Mm. Um, And then John Mark Comer says, and yet prayer is the portal to life with God. Um, And so it's okay to acknowledge like right on the outset that even as a believer in Jesus, as a pastor, as a, yeah. as a leader, as somebody who's thinking about these things all the time, we can all acknowledge that when it comes to prayer, we're beginners. That's and no right. matter how far we go in the life of prayer, we're just touching the tip of the iceberg in terms of what it means to commune with God. Absolutely. That's so good. how would you guys just on the outset define prayer? It's great. That is a big question. I think that... Um, that it means different things to different people, but but the baseline for for me is just communion with God, like mm-hmm. creating uh, intimate moments with with our Creator, um, and so I think that that's just the very very base of hey this is this is a connection to um, my father who desperately wants to have a, a relationship with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, at our home, we just call it a conversation with God. That's yes. the word we use a lot. It's just a conversation. We're just talking with God to God and hearing from God. Yes. So the talking side and the listening side. So that's kind of what we use in our home all the time when we I talk love about that prayer. You emphasize the listening yeah. part yeah. because that obviously matters in conversation and kids can can understand that idea of a dialogue. But mm-hmm. oftentimes in prayer, we think we've got to come up with all the right words, mm-hmm. but we don't leave space to just sit Here. and listen. And, and that that's is great. harder when you translate that to kids because you know the world is full of distractions and it can be harder just to sit in silence. And that is a spiritual discipline. It can be hard to rest. And that is a spiritual discipline. Um, I love just on the outset that prayer was part of the daily rhythm. It was part of Jewish way of life. It was part of an understanding of how they connected with God. And yet the disciples came to Jesus in a really specific moment and kind of a childlike posture and said, Lord, can you teach Hmm. us to pray? And then that's where we get the model prayer. Um, And so I think that matters. What we want is kids who long to know how to pray. And so we can kind of go through even parts of that today. No, I love that. I love um, even just just the kind of jumping into helping our kids understand this idea of prayer can seem so daunting to us, even as as parents. How do I teach my kids mm-hmm. to pray effectively? Um, and the easy thing to do is just um, not lean into it, not um, address yeah. it. And the thing that we do, maybe it um, at dinner time, or you know, do you have certain moments that if you just give a nod to prayer, then then that's checked that's it off. Check, checked, checked it, it off. off, and that's that's good enough. But I I keep coming back to this um, this passage where Jesus um, was um, obviously he was doing ministry, and little children started to come to him, 
And this is what it says um, in Matthew 19, verse 14. It says, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to to such as these. This is after the, the parents were really, I mean, caretakers were bringing their children to Jesus so he could touch them, so he can yeah. bless them, so he can... And the disciples were like, no, he's got real ministry to do. You're like, keep the children away. And then he says this powerful statement, do not hinder them from coming to me. Jesus made reference specifically to how we lead the next generation, right? And how we lead them is, is it really important. Do not hinder them from coming to Jesus. And the question I have after ask myself all the time is what are the things that I do that can hinder them from coming to Jesus, hinder my kids from coming to Jesus? What do we do intentionally and unintentionally that hinder our kids from experiencing the goodness of God, right? And we um, we have to, to lead and not let others lead mm-hmm. our kids. I think that's, that's important. Every kid is being led. The question is, who are they le- being led to yeah. pursue? That's why I think this conversation is really important because we have to create pathways for our kids to know Jesus. And part of those pathways is this idea of prayer and communion mm-hmm. with God and talking to God and intimacy with, with God. And so how do we create those moments? And you said a word there that I now can't get over, hindrance. Yeah. Um, because multiples of the gospels record this moment when Jesus is talking about kids coming and talking about childlike faith and talking about little ones in faith. And very specifically, Jesus says, anybody who stands in the way of one of these little ones of mine might as well have a large millstone Millstone. tied around their neck and thrown into the depths of the sea. Scary. Like Jesus says that this is really important. Um, And he gives us, like he gave us the model prayer. And then in another occurrence, he's talking to his disciples. He says, when you pray, because there's an assumption that we will, he says, pray like this, don't pray like this. Mm. So we know that there are some rights and wrongs in the idea of prayer. And and scripture gives us some specifics for that. Um, Talk a little bit more about just the purpose of prayer. Like we've talked about a, a definition of it. It's this conversation. What's the purpose of it? What does it do in our lives? What does it do in the lives of others? Yeah. Well, I mean, prayer reminds us of the presence of God with us at all times, I think. Um, when I was a kid, I remember it being explained to me almost like a phone call with God where he he's he mm-hmm. never hangs up. He's just always there. So prayer throughout our day, not just the bedtime prayer and the mealtime yeah. prayer, reminds us that he is present with us all the time. And then his presence is going to bring comfort. It's going to bring peace. Yeah. It's going to bring hope throughout our day when we need it the most. And I think it also allows us opportunities and specific moments where we can ask him for direction throughout our day. And that's, I mean, that's part of what prayer is. That's that's one of the elements of prayer is asking him for what we need. God, what do you need? What do you need? I need for you to guide me here. I need you to help me say the right thing. I need to help. I need you to help me make the right decision in this moment. So it fosters humility and a growth of wisdom when we're continually coming to his feet instead of relying on our own selves to Mm -hmm. make a decision throughout our day. The throughout our day part. Um, Jewish people prayed specifically three times a day. They prayed in the morning, they prayed in the afternoon, Mm -hmm. and they prayed in the evening. And what that gives us is what you said. It's a picture of a constant communication with God, that we're revisiting our relationship with him and remembering that he's right there with us throughout the day, you know, Paul says to the Thessalonian church, pray without ceasing. Yeah. So that it is supposed to be a part of our regular. Um, There was um, Deuteronomy chapter 11, there's a picture of, it says that God loved the land. He cared for it so much. His eyes were always on it. Mm. Um, Like we pay attention to the things that we love. And what we want to do is pay attention to God. 
like you said, acknowledge that he's there, that his presence is with us and that he can be trusted. Like when we have to make a decision or when we're entering a different circumstance or situation, like we ought to acknowledge as people that God's right there with us. And so that's, that's a really good purpose. It's a reminder for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as as children of God, I think it's really important for us to establish the position that we're in. Absolutely. Right. And whenever we pray, we, we acknowledge the position that we're in. We acknowledge there's a greater authority mm-hmm. yeah. over our lives. And I think how critical is that for us as children of God, but also for our kids to understand that there's authorities over their lives, yes. right? And I think whenever we look at the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, that's establishing our position mm-hmm. in this relationship. So we want to teach our kids that there is a position in this relationship where, where I'm under the authority of of a holy God, mm-hmm. of God Almighty. And what a gift that is. Yeah. That the position of authority that God gave us is that of fatherhood. Yeah. That of a parent who loves his right. children and who wants to have a relationship with them. Like, guys, I, Susan and I talk about this a lot because um, we're in a season of life where we have a lot of conversations with other parents of teenagers. And kind of the undercurrent is my kids aren't talking to me. I'm having to pull out information from them. Um, and Susan reminds me all the time that we are in a little bit of a fortunate bubble because our girls are still talking our ears off like crazy and telling us all the parts of their day. And Susan is quick to remind me that that's such a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the way we feel as parents. Like when our kids come to us, it's a gift. And so even praying to God is an act of worship to God. It's a gift for us to remind him, he knows this, we trust you and we need you. Um, And so I'm even sitting in that posture going, gosh, I love it when my kids need me. Um, And God loves when we acknowledge our need for him. And Mm -hmm. so prayer is part of that. Yeah. And I I think also another thing that established not only position, it also established our perspective in this this, good alliteration. Position and perspective. perspective. I do think whenever he says, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That just places a perspective that God is up to something that I may not understand uh-huh. and that that he, he has authority over my life and the things that he does is because of his will. And it has really has nothing to do with me. My job is to be a child of his. My job mm-hmm. is to be obedient and to submit to his will. Mm-hmm. And I think if we can help our kids understand position and perspective, how would that change how yeah. they mature and grow and and kind of whenever things come their way that are hard, how do they um, be, how are how are they able to, be able to explain those and take those on and understand the the greater picture of what God's doing in this world? Dude, yeah. that's catechism. Yeah. That's like painting a picture for kids of of what they need to know about God. That's an advanced theology degree that mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. it takes people far too many difficulties in life and far too many years of life to come to the conclusion that God is in charge and I'm not, and he's doing something bigger than what I can understand. Mm-hmm. And if kids can have that as a foundation in their worldview, um, we think that they need you know, a thousand different books and advanced degrees to come to that conclusion that God is sovereign, but no, it's prayer. I think, Chase, way to go, dude. Hmm. That's solid. <laughs> so solid for all of us. Yeah. I also love just the reminder that he is listening and he does hear mm-hmm. us when we are talking to him. I love First John 5 t- says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He is listening. Right. And to remind That's our right. kids, just like we hear them when we're talking, he is listening. He's hearing everything that, that they're saying to him. He's hearing all of the things that they're going through. And he's right there with them. I love that. Yeah. 
So are there, um, what we know is that, you know, our, our roots of Christian faith come from Jewish heritage and history. Um, and we know that they prayed multiple times a day. Um, they prayed even in contexts today where people don't speak um, Hebrew as their everyday language. It's still their holy heart language. And so they'll memorize and recite Hebrew prayers. Um, and I think there is something important to the recitation of prayers. Like, you know, we teach our kids even at a young age, they learned it at the learning center at Rolling Hills as a part of their preschool environment. Yep. Like they learned to say the Lord's prayer and the model yep. prayer, the one you just referenced, our father in heaven. And, and that's, it's important to be able to say those prayers. They, they put us in, like you said, a different position and a frame of mind. And we're saying prayers that countless saints have said yeah. throughout all of Christianity, yeah. which is a good thing. So I get the importance of those recitation of kind of specific prayers. But beyond that, how do we teach people how to pray? Like what are some what are some basic prayers or opportunities that we can give to kids well, at different ages how to pray? Let me just start off. You, you have to – we're talking about age appropriate. And mm-hmm. so it is okay – to start off, I and mean, we start off our kids. I mean, right now Ellis is two, and so one of the things about our prayer, we want to develop like a, um, you know, kind of this a repeatable pattern mm-hmm. prayer that they could pray. So it's I, when it, we eat meals, she's singing, "God our Father, God mm-hmm. our Father." Once again, once again, we bow our heads and thank you. Bow our heads and thank you. Ah, oh, man. Oh, I mean, I we did that one too. I love it. I she, I sing she, she sings that yeah. every meal. Yeah. And I think when we think about age-appropriate prayers and teaching our kids how to pray, that is okay, mm-hmm. is to have these. I mean, I, I, I feel like, you know, tradition would say they have these these prayers that they pray repetitive over and over again. Now, as you mature in your faith, it's you, we teach it's more of a conversation and those kind of things. But I think it's okay to teach them patterns and say, okay, this is okay to, as a chant, as a, you know, as a prayer for us to repeat, put on repeat every mm-hmm. meal. Yeah. I love that. We did that with our kids too. Do you guys, God is good. God is God great. Is great. Thank, thank you for our yeah. food. That's what we did at my house. We yep. taught our kids that growing up too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's a little yeah. like a quicker version. Like these other versions, like the song versions can drag out. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Start and too then it's slow. on a loop. And oh my goodness. Yeah. Kit started the other day really and it cute, started though. really slow. Uh-huh. It lasted for like five minutes. I'm like, there was one family we knew years ago that did a Superman prayer. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. No. Thank you God for giving us food. Yes. Thank you God for giving us friends. It's yep. the theme of Superman. I love this. It's set to the, yeah. Yep. There's like motion with it. I'm doing, I'm what? like hitting my mic, but yeah, it's really cute for the friends. All these are... Thank you, God. Now Is... let's eat. <laughs> it's really cute. These all give an acknowledgement, Jen, like we were talking about a minute ago, just to acknowledge that God is there and then yeah. who he is in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at its core, that's what the Shema in Deuteronomy was. It was an acknowledgement. Hero Israel, the Lord, our God, mm. the Lord is one. And then we're going to love him with everything that we have. And then we're going to pass this faith. And so that confession of faith that God is one, it set them apart from all of the other polytheistic religions in the world and all of the other fear-based, we've got to worship this God or he's going to punish us. We've got to worship that God or he's going to punish us. We've got to worship this God in order to create this transaction of me getting what I need. Um, it was just an acknowledgement of a relationship with one true holy God. And so singing God our Father or the Superman prayer or God, those are a daily acknowledgement. And anything that we can do to get our kids at whatever age yeah. and stage to acknowledge that the good gifts and the blessings that we have come from God, even the trials and challenges that we have are related to our relationship with him. We can talk about those things, whether it's morning, evening, or night. Whenever we are awake, there's some sort of recognition that God is here. God is for us. We can trust him. We're going to acknowledge 
his authority and his presence in our lives. Those, those do that. And so I love those reminder prayers. What else? What are some other like basic prayer kind of things that we want to pass on? I think there's acronyms that we can use that we do in kids ministry. Mm-hmm. We've done for years and and probably lots of parents use them, but there's, there's several out there, but just those four steps of here are the things that we see in the Lord's prayer that we want to, we want to have in our prayers. And sometimes we, we go right to what we need and kids do that a lot too. God, please help That's me. Right. Dot, dot, dot. And honestly, we do that as adults too, especially in those quick prayers oh, yeah. throughout the day. God, this is what I need. God, I need this, please. Yeah. Mayday, help. Help yeah. me get there on time. That's my prayer. That's my prayer every day. <laughs> help me get there um, on time. <laughs> let this light but, turn green. Let this light please, turn Lord. green. Um, but what about the other things? What about giving adoration to God? What about praising Him? What about celebrating who He is and leaning into that for a moment? What about confessing? What about, about, what about telling him what we did wrong today? Like, do we teach our kids how to do that? Do we model that for them? Do we just save that for our own personal prayer time or do we show them what that looks like? So there's some acronyms that are out there. There's several of them. We had a couple that we were just going to go over today mm-hmm. that I think are helpful. One of them is chat. And this one is kind of cute. So for this us, this one like, was new to me. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like me too. so since you talk about a, a conversation with God, and you might in your family say, "Well, we're going to chat. We're going to chat." We use that word a lot. Well, there's a little acronym out there that kind of does those four parts of prayer with that as the acronym. So C for chat is confession. So this is basically, "I'm sorry." So you're telling your kids, "What do you need to say? I'm sorry to God about today." What do, you, what do you need to say I'm sorry for? That's confession. The H in chat is honor. So this is telling God, I love you, basically. So you've got, I'm sorry, I love you. How are you telling God that you love him? What are you telling him? How, how are you praising him? Are you saying, God, thank you created the world and you're so powerful. God, thank you for being present with me. I mm-hmm. love who you are, God. And then the A is ask. So this is the moment where we're saying, please help grandma who doesn't feel well today. Please help the friend in my class that is having a hard time in math. Like, what are you, what are you asking God for? And the thank you is God, thank you for today. Thank you for my sister. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for the food that we're eating right now. So C-H-A-T is chat. This is your chat with God. This is what you're including. What was one of the other ones we talked about? Um, We we talk about this in church. We use this a lot. Acts, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A-C-T-S. Yep. Yes. Start with adoration, praising God. Then we go to confession, confessing our sins. And this is what we, you know, obviously um, acknowledge. There's an acknowledgement that I have messed up along the way, mm-hmm. but also Thanksgiving is the tea. Thanks, mm-hmm. God, thank you for uh, putting up with me too. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for <laughs> for this relationship that we're in. Thank you for all the things that you do for me and give me, and and those kind of things. And then supplication is the asking part of the the request. So I think yeah. acts is is one of those that we use. You can use that too. Um, Acts or chat. Yep. Yep. Those are great. I love that, and they both give us different aspects of the model prayer where we're acknowledging who God is, where we're confessing our sins, where we're asking for daily provision and telling God, thank you for the things that are present in our lives. Um, And those are things that also, not only can we teach those as practices for our kids, but we also have to model them. We did an episode, I can't remember which one it was, we'll put it in the show notes, that was all about what do you do when your kid messes up? And then what do you do when you mess up? Like, Mm -hmm. how do you acknowledge that? And we talked a little bit about the idea of um, growing up and seeing your parents argue or seeing them fight or seeing them make mistakes, but then never seeing the reconciliation part mm-hmm. of it. Mm. Like our kids probably need to see us confess our sins to God yeah. in, in that kind of way, like through our That's good. prayer time, just to say like, hey, I was really impatient today and God, I just need you to forgive me and give me an extra measure of 
patience tomorrow when I'm in this conversation situation at work was really frustrated and I lost my temper and whatever those things are, we can frame them in a way that's age appropriate and that's not disclosing too much information that kids wouldn't be ready for just to acknowledge mom and dad mess up. And when we pray, we want to confess those things to God. That makes sense. Not just asking them to confess their sins, but modeling for them what we do Mm -hmm. when we make mistakes. I think that's a really important part of it. And one that's honestly kind of lost um, in terms of, you know, we, we left our Catholic roots through a reformation, which was great. Yeah. But we forgot that there's a really important practice of confession that was maybe thrown out along the way. That's a really good reminder of who God is in our lives. Yeah. Um, and at the end of it, prayer, that's what it is. It's a reminder for us. It's an acknowledgement. Like I don't forget who my wife is and I don't forget when our anniversary is, but there are moments when I fail to prioritize that relationship in life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the nature of God. Like there was no fear that Israel was going to forget manna from heaven, or they were going to forget that they walked across mm-hmm. a sea or that they were going to forget that God, you know, killed a whole army in front of them so that they could make it to safety. But they definitely throughout the course of the Old Testament failed to prioritize that in life. And and that's what we want to see in our kids. Like mm-hmm. we don't want to see them forget what God did or fail to put him as this key priority. And prayer does that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's neat to think about like in seasons where obviously we're not sacrificing animals in Israel anymore. Like that was a part of their yeah. worship practice. What they substituted that with was prayer. Yeah. My goodness, if your whole mm. relationship with God and all of your worship practices were built on this sacrificial system, when you don't do the sacrificial yeah. system anymore, you put prayer in its place, that tells us how important prayer is. Yeah. And so it's a, it's kind of that big deal. We want to kind of transition to a close where we make it personal. Like what is... Um, the thing in prayer that you want to make sure, like if nothing else happens, what is it that you want to convey to your kids and what is it that you want to see alive in them? I I would just say something to celebrate in our homes with our kids is that with each kid being unique, each style of prayer for them might look different. And And I've seen it with honestly, with all three of our kids, even though our youngest is only three, the way that they respond to prayer time varies because of their age and stage, of course. But there's always there's also differences in who they are and how they've been created. One That's of good. our kids is is not as, not, doesn't pray out loud quite as much, but I know that her prayer life is rich and I see her journaling. She journals Absolutely. a lot of prayers. Another kid um, of ours is loves to pray out loud at the dinner table. She's always the one raising her hand because she wants to pray. <laughs> and honestly, she sees things and says things in her prayer that kind of amaze me. I've actually told my husband that I, I think that there's a bit of a prayer warrior in mm. in this kiddo because I just, I feel like the spirit gives her direction um, for things to pray for when she prays like in a really specific way. But just acknowledging that each of our kids are unique and it's okay for them to pray in a different way and to celebrate it. And then as they grow, um, as they are figuring out what prayer looks like and how it's personal to them, to not necessarily stop them when they're praying for something that you don't think they need to pray for. The the point is they're learning to talk to God. So Mm. if they're praying because they want a toy, at least they're telling God they want that toy. Like celebrate the fact that they're talking to God and don't try to feed them every prayer. Right. Allow them to speak to God how they speak to you, you know? Well, you get a glimpse as to what their thoughts are about God, what their worldview is about life. Um, And that's an education moment for you as a parent who wants to study and get to know your kids. I think that's a great aspect. Yeah, one of the things that we we try to do uh, each night is, and I think this, this is a way for us to kind of guide 
the prayer whenever we do go to prayer is that tell us three things you're thankful for mm-hmm. because we want them to to get this idea that even though it was a hard day, there's always something to be thankful yeah. for. And so hopefully that as they say, hey, I'm thankful for Milo, our dog. I'm thankful for mom. I'm thankful for Ellis, you know, or a sister or whatever it is, a food, sky, grass, that maybe that some of that would carry over into whenever we're talking to God, let's just be grateful. Mm-hmm. Let's just say all the things we're thankful mm-hmm. to him. Gratitude. About. Yeah, just gratitude. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, that's my hope is that whenever we, that whenever they pray, they get this overwhelming sense of gratitude for who they're talking to. Mm-hmm. Right. And and just establish, again, that position that they're in, that the God. The position and the you, perspective. You, position, right? yeah. perspective. God, you don't, this, this relationship didn't have to happen. You chose for this to happen. So we're, we're so grateful. And that's hard to do in the world that we live in. I want to make sure, I love that whole picture of like, we want people to be grateful. Um, and then we want to acknowledge what you said earlier, that God's doing something that we may or may not understand. Like there is a part and a posture of prayer. We talked about this at the very beginning where because it's a conversation, we need to leave room for God to speak. Um, I want our kids to know that at its core, God kind of provides three answers to every prayer we pray. Yes, no, or wait. Yeah, yeah. And, and some of those is just sitting and longing in the silence. Um, and if Israel wandered for 40 years and if they sat in exile for 70, like there was, there was a picture of long seasons of waiting yeah. and consistently coming to God with the same repeated request. We don't do that so great as a society because we're super instant gratification. Right. Yes. I want to teach our kids that sometimes God says yes to our prayers. Sometimes the answer is no. And sometimes it's just wait and continue leaning into that relationship. Like I want them to know God always answers prayers. It may not be the answer that we want and it may not be in the timeline that we prefer, but he does answer. Yeah. Um, So we want to see that happen in their lives. Yeah. I feel like I need to to say this because after we talk about this, all these ideas about prayer, just acknowledging that this is difficult, acknowledging that this takes intentionality, Mm -hmm. um, that that we live in a world full of, hey, did you hear that? I love a notification. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Notification there. Um, that we live in a world full of distractions. Way to not let that notification <laughs> distract you from your That's train right. of thought. timing was I mean, great. Awesome. That timing is perfect <laughs> because the things that we get distracted by are often not as important what we, we get what we get distracted from. Mm-hmm. Even good things keep you Even from the best. Even good things yeah. keep mm-hmm. you from the best. That's I good. think That's... that's super important to acknowledge that, um, that hey, it's going to take intentionality. It's going to take, even at bedtime, whenever you're super tired and you just oh, yeah. want to... To say good night, um, say a quick prayer, and we want to go watch a show or we want to get to our, our own thing because we had a long day. Pause, take time to rest in the fact that you can talk to Holy Father with your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, that's hard to do, um, especially when you had a long day. You know, what what are those moments throughout the day that you can really capitalize on? Whether that's, you know, the Shema talks about those periods of times throughout the day along the way like is when you wake up when you um when you're on the road when you you know whatever it is when you go to bed well in christian maturity we get to this idea of um paul says like when i was you know or i I put away the things of childhood and i moved on to more mature things or like we graduate from like spiritual milk into spiritual meat we never move beyond our need for prayer Mm-hmm. as people, um, as believers, and our kids will never graduate from this. They may graduate from high school. They may graduate from college. They may go off and get advanced degrees. They never graduate for their need for prayer. So as much as we can do to put them on a foundation of 
making this a part of their daily rhythms and really acknowledging that they need it. Um, we know that prayer works and we know that it works in us. Yeah. And if you're listening out there and you say, man, I just haven't made that practice of praying with my kids. It's not too late to start. No, just, never. Just pray. Like yeah. just jump in. If you're a dad out there that says, man, I'm just, I don't know what to say. I don't know. Just start. Just yeah. start. That's a good way to go at it. Well, that's a great way for us to end now is just to pray for anybody that's listening, that God would give them mm. courage and power and resolve to make yeah. this a part of life. And that for that next generation to be a people of prayer. Um, scripture says it like, if my people who are, are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, God responds in mm. miraculous ways. Yeah. So um, I'll do it. We do like the dinner table tonight. Would anybody like to pray? I would. Excellent. Chase, pray for us. God, our Father. No, no, no. That's okay. That's okay. All right. Let's pray. Father, um, we acknowledge, wow, we can call you Father. Mm-hmm. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom yeah. come, thy will be, will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, we acknowledge that we get to talk to Father, God, creator of mm-hmm. the universe. Unbelievable. Thank mm-hmm. you for this relationship that we're in. God, thank you for the position that we're in, that we are your children. Um, and that we have a Father in heaven. God, when we we want to place ourselves in the right perspective, knowing that you, when everything is out of control in our lives, that you have everything under control, that you are sovereign, God, that you, um, you hold all things in your hands. And so, God, we want to teach our kids that this idea of position and perspective. We want to teach our kids that, that um, they can have a, a communal, intimate relationship with you and talk yeah. to you and, and, and call you father. We want our kids mm-hmm. to understand um, that, that they, um, they have a close connection with you as well. They don't have to go through a priest. They don't have to go through anybody else, but they can have a direct connect line with you. And so God, I pray that we can help our kids understand um, the fact that that prayer is is a a way to be intimate with you, and so God, um, I pray for our parents right now as mm-hmm. we jump into these conversations, jump into these prayers um, with our kids. That you would give us wisdom and discernment, God. Um, that you would help us model mm-hmm. what we want to see in our kids. God, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to this and whatever other episodes you've tuned into. What to say when? We hope you'll keep coming back as we dive into more conversations about what it is we need to do to respond to our kids in a faith-filled way to help them navigate the world that we live in. What to Say When is part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe now as we take off on this incredible parenting journey together.